0: good morning good afternoon and good evening wherever you are this is john sarnay here for the expansive brain trust and i am joined today by my ever handsome co-host eric kruger in johannesburg how are you brother
1: hey dude i'm doing really well how are you
0: yeah i'm well thank you i'm in the farm i've just checked into my place Uh, you can see the forest behind me and the vegetable patch just behind that. And so I've just settled into my new home for, I don't know how long, my lease is forever and until it gets revoked. But uh, I'm really excited for today's chat. Uh, Eric, do you want to queue us up and tell us what we're talking about today?
1: Yeah, so um, we are very fortunate to be joined by Peter today, uh, Peter de Toy. He is going to give us a little bit of insight into how to do this whole remote working thing because all of a sudden it's been thrust onto everyone. And I think many organizations and many teams are ill-prepared for it. And I, I believe that it is, it's is—it's a much harder transition to make than what people think it's going to be. You know, we, we tend to think it's just <coughs> about installing Zoom or Skype or Microsoft Teams and off you go. But I think there's, there's more to it than that. Um, and Peter is a, a big advocate for this um, and he's also been doing this for many years. So he's the perfect person to have on the podcast and on the masterclass to talk about this. Uh, but Peter.
0: Before Peter goes, yeah. I just want to say something about Peter. So Peter and I know each other 20 years, Peter? I don't know. It must be forever. Approximately. Yeah. And Peter has been on this remote work thing forever. I can just think maybe five years before it was even a thing. And a big advocate for the environment and a big advocate for this type of spe- um this type of working. And so when Eric and I were planning on what we want to add value to our community too, and we were like, if it has to do with work, it has to do with Peter. So Peter, we're very, very happy that you've come to join us today. And like we said, you've been an expert at this because you've been doing this far longer than anybody else has been. So let's jump straight in. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us how you came about being in the space? And then we can jump into the questions.
2: <laughs> no, that's that's great, John. So I, I have a, um, a consultancy called Future Work IQ. And basically what we do as, as a little team is we help companies to design Um, what is known as an office in the cloud or a digital workplace. And what these work environments allow is, if you wanted to, is to switch on um, flexible working or remote working if you wanted to. And then the other uh, piece of our puzzle that we spend time on is, is actually helping people to get the knowledge or the skills of how to work in these environments. So, you know, the digital literacy that's required to be a skilled virtual worker, that, that's basically what we, what we teach. Mm. And have so, you seen an absolute upswing in business, Peter? Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so in the South African context, um, you know, remote working and that kind of thing in, in the general sort of office environment, I wouldn't say is, is, a, is a mega trend. It's definitely the case in Europe and and in the U.S. as well, and in parts of Asia that that has been happening. So, um, from a South African perspective, I would say I would say no. What has happened though is there's been um, a lot of interest in what do we do now. So, you know, I, I, and at the moment, and, and maybe we'll get into that. All right. So, so about four or five years ago, I reopened um, the doors of this consultancy after a little stint. Um, at, in a was in a business corporate environment and we we rebranded it uh, future work i q and for the last five years or so we've been we've been doing what i 've just described so so can i can I make a suggestion um uh, john and and Eric what I would like to do is i'd like to us to split the conversation into two things right the first is what do you do now if you face this like emergency situation where you are forced to actually get your teams to work from home. What do you do now, right now? Yeah. And and then I, I do want to travel a little bit into the future. So I'm I'm looking at the next decade and and what I believe um, businesses and in, uh, leadership will have to definitely get their heads around. So that's what that's what that, that would be my great. recommendation.
0: Well, look, you know, what I love is that when somebody takes control of the questions, they understand the topic really, really well. And uh, this is what I do with my clients is i almost say to them, you're asking the wrong question. Let me tell you what question you should be asking. And let me answer it like this. So Peter, this is makes me feel very comfortable. I'm going to switch off now and you just go ahead and just monologue this thing through. No, I'm kidding. So yeah, so, I agree with you. I think this is a perfect setup.
2: So so what I would like you to do, you know, as we go through this, obviously, if, if you have questions related to to what I'm going to be what I, what I want to share with you guys, then please do ask them because I think that will expand, expand the conversation. So I, I want to start off just by saying that you've got to understand that a, a fully functioning, efficient, uh, productive um, remote team is a highly complex entity. It's, it's not, it, this is not straightforward. It's complex. And, you know, to, to give you an idea there's several companies around the world that, that are what they call fully distributed organizations. <coughs> so, um, you know, you take like the guys that, that uh, produce WordPress and the team behind that, it's a group called Automatic. Automatic. Mm-hmm. They're about, you know, a thousand plus employees. They don't have offices. And they've been working this way for 15 years. You take a, a, a team like GitLab, for example, they, they also a thousand plus no offices spread over 65 countries. But to show you the complexity, like in the case of GitLab, um, they have a, a workbook which they've, which they've open sourced. So if you go GitLab handbook on Google, you'll actually find this document. And it, it document, documents how their company runs. It's 3,000 pages of, oh, of, of wow. material that, that, that show. And if you go and have a look <clears throat> at it, you'll see they've, they've covered absolutely every element of how their business works.
1: That's Now,
2: you know, for, for, for an organization that has been in a traditional brick and mortar environment to even expect to be at the efficiency level of a team like GitLab is completely unreasonable. And what you will do if you try and do that is you will completely um, frustrate yourself and it could end up like an extremely negative experience. So, so my, my, um, advice to, to leadership teams is what you've got to do if you're going from a traditional in fa- uh, a face-to-face environment into an <clears> environment <throat> where your team is away, you've got to try and keep things as simple as possible. Now, I've, I've, I've um, simplified it to four things that you have to do, right? Number one, you immediately need to do an audit of your team's connectivity issues, in other words, if, if you did have to send them home, and, and I believe in the South African context, if you haven't even done power so... power issues. Uh, well,
0: okay,
2: sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so with connection, you know, what you've got to find out is how are people connecting? What, are the, what is their connection like at home? Do they even have connection? If it's, if it's a cell phone tower, you know, what, what is the strength of the signal of that tower? Because that's all going to impact on, on what you need to do. Doing that, if you do that audit, it will immediately highlight the issues that you're going to have, right? So I know like a, a big financial firm um, reached out the other day. Um, one of the guys reached out and they were talking about how can they, how can they make, sure, give advice around reducing uh, data, um, you know, that their teams use. And obviously that's also a good question. But the first thing is, you know, how will your people connect? Are they going to have drama connecting? And best you understand that so that you know what issues will be around. Um, that situation you know if we do go into full lockdown which which many countries are now doing I mean I just saw New Zealand um, just went for four weeks they're actually shutting down everything and so if you're in an environment like that and and some of your team have bad connectivity you're obviously going to lose contact with them and then Mm. the question you've got to ask yourself is you know what contingency can you put in place for those kind of situations but in the South African context you know (coughs) it's Most people are in cities and stuff, so the connectivity issue is not going to be that hectic. What may th- happen, though, and it's already, like in our area, we're beginning to experience some of that, is you may have uh, network congestion, which which impacts on the quality of, especially video, right? So, mm. so those are the things that you just you just have to understand what you're going to be dealing with when you send people home. Okay, so that's number one.
1: As a quick number side note here, what the yeah. the very first wartime CEO that we interviewed. Uh, they had to go buy hundreds of laptops um, and hundreds of uninterrupted, uninterrupted power supplies, UPSs, uh, to send their people home with. And and I thought like that, that was such a salient point that you have to invest up front now, and it's quite painful, um, but it's worth it because when people are working from home, like connectivity is number one. So this makes complete sense for me in the way that you are phrasing this. Um, so
2: so the, one, the, the one thing I just wanted to mention to you is is obviously the hardware issue, right? So – um, like these guys went and they bought all these laptops and stuff. But you know, in one of the trainings that we do, we actually highly encourage people to to work off a mobile device. Mm. Um, and and there's a lot. Obviously, there's some things that you can't do, but there's a lot that you can do. And and we we encourage people to do that. You know, so if you don't have the money to do that kind of stuff, then mobile is the way. <coughs> Sorry, I interrupted you there. Eric.
1: Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, The one thing I just wanted to quickly get your opinion on, because what's very interesting to me is we can reference, you know, GitLab and Automatic and many other organizations that have done this um, remote work setup quite successfully. But it seems to me that most of them are actually in the software game where you have people where, you know, you can be distributed because you're working off um, compiled code or where where you have people who are quite introverted and like to work in isolation anyway. Um, like, are there many examples of organisations that aren't software companies that have really pulled off remote work well?
2: They are, and and what I would this is the other tip I'd like to give um, everybody that will be watching this. If you're wanting to find these organisations, what you need to do, head into uh, LinkedIn, pop up the search bar, and search remote work, and your industry. Remote work, your industry. So if you're an attorney or a lawyer, remote work lawyer. And what you will see, and, and I want to use that, those guys as an example, there, there are several um, law firms that, that have actually gone completely distributed um, in Australia and in Europe. They are, you know. Um, I'm, I'm at the moment um, talking to a team. Um, they are uh, uh, um, astronomers, and they, they're busy working on, on massive projects out of, out of the Leiden University in the Netherlands. Now, that team of, of people aren't sitting in the same building. Some of them are in Germany, some of them are in the Netherlands, some of them are elsewhere, but they connect like this. That's how they work. So so to, to, to get to your question, you know, here's the thing. Any work that can be done on a laptop or is being done on a laptop or a desktop, any work. So if you're an accountant, doesn't matter what work you do, if it's being done on a laptop, you can do it from anywhere that there's an internet connection. So, you know, the, the fact that the software guys sort of pioneered this is is a is – a, is is an aside. You know, any knowledge work can be done remotely. Any knowledge work. I mean, like if if you take ourselves, um, you know, we we don't we're not software people. We, we we're actually, you know, we do strategies for companies. We help them um, turn these kind of environments on, and we do and we teach digital skills. None of that gets done in person. It all gets done virtually. Mm. So to answer your question, anybody, my my opinion is any knowledge worker can actually work in that kind of environment for sure.
0: Cool. I love what you said about the cell phone then, because I think a lot of businesses could be in the panic of laptops and maybe the cell phones are the things that you need to be focused on. That's something I didn't even think about at all. So I really like that. Thank you
2: for that point. Yeah. So as I said, you know, obviously there's some things that, that will be hard to do on a cell phone, but, but a lot can be done on a cell phone, you know, and, and yeah, so so the so the connectivity thing is is obviously a big deal. So let me let me share the second one with you guys. So the next thing that needs to happen is you need to decide on a platform that the entire team can log into to be visible to each other. All right. Now, what do I mean by that? So so for for a lot of com- companies, because they have Microsoft in their organizations, it may it may be that they decide or. or it may be practical just because everybody knows how to use Microsoft products to, um, let every, to switch on Microsoft Teams. Now, what happens in Microsoft Teams is the whole team can log in um, and you can see on, on you know, the person's little avatar that he's, he's, he's actually available because he's got a little green dot next to him. And you can text the person, you can video with him, um, you, know, you can share a picture, all that kind of stuff is now possible so so deciding on a platform like that is also a brilliant idea. So, you know, there's lots of these. Microsoft Teams would probably be a very popular one and, and one that guys should look at immediately if they've got a, a legacy Microsoft environment in their offices. Fake, Facebook Workplace is another brilliant one that's, that you can use. Um, Slack, obviously. I mean, lots of people have heard about Slack, and, and that that can be used as a platform. The, the next one, which which um, I've seen a lot of guys now begin to use, for example, the team that I'm, that I'm talking to in, in Leiden, the Leiden University, the astronomers there, they're actually using or going to use a product called Sococo. Now, Sokoko is, is, when you log into it, it's like a floor plan and you can build your offices. So you can make Eric an office and you can make John an office. You can make me an office. You can make a boardroom. You can make... Um, A lounge, you can make a reception, you build it like you want, but when everyone logs in, the little avatars appear in each office and you can go and actually knock on the door. So, you know, for me, that is a brilliant platform as well for people to use, but it's the central place that you can log into, that you can uh, share documents, chat, do video, etc. And then the, the next piece of the puzzle is obviously video. You've also got to decide on a video. Platform. So, if you if you are using Microsoft Teams, then built in with that is is Skype that comes that comes built in with that capability. So, you are able to do video calls like this. If you're going to not use Teams and you're using something else, then maybe what you need to look at is something like Zoom, for example. And the video is for you to be able to have uh, one-on-one conversations or meetings, right? So, so we we've, t- we've spoken about internet connectivity. We've spoken about um, a platform where, where everybody can be visible to each other and obviously deciding on a, a video communication tool. And the last piece of the puzzle is I would start a document. Um, I, I would highly recommend this. I would start a document where you begin to track all the pain points in this experience. So, you know, what are we finding difficult? What, what are the challenges the guys are having? Because if you record those, mm-hmm. um, what you can then do is, is either find solutions to those if they're mission critical right now? You can find solutions for them, but then it's recorded information that you can fall back on and see. Okay, well, this is how we solved this problem. This is what we did. Um, these are the solutions we need to find when we when we kind of go back to normal, which I don't think is going to happen. And we'll talk about that as far as the the future is concerned. Um, but But, if you have this document it 's a working document of the challenges, solutions, challenges, solutions, and so you 're learning as you go, which is which is I think a, a really important thing to happen for you mm. because l- let me just and then and then we can i 'll let you guys ask questions around this, right but one final thing I want to say about this: what organizations are going to learn very quickly is that this is way more efficient than having people drive into an office, right? Because, firstly, um, suddenly you realize, okay, but hold on a second. I don't need office space. <laughs> I really don't. Now, how much money do you save there? It's, it gets crazy, especially if you're, you know, the size of your business. In fact, the smaller your business, the more of your money actually goes to office rental. <laughs> the bigger guys, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of, they don't worry about that so much, but still it's an issue, right? So, so your footprint can come down. What about talent? If you're a Joburg based company and you have your talent, the guy that you want to, that you need in your organization is sitting in Cape town. Now you don't have to relocate this person because they log into work by not driving to a place. They, they log into Microsoft teams and you can talk to them and they can work with you. Doesn't matter where the talent is, they could be in Barcelona, they could be anywhere in the world. That's, that's so that's the one thing. The other thing is, what about talent retention? Now you've got this, this really great um, uh, woman who's working in marketing, she's one of your top people, um, her partner uh, gets, gets a job somewhere else in another city or they, or they decide that they're gonna immigrate or whatever the case may be. Now traditionally, you would lose that person because off they go you know, they're not anywhere near you. Now you don't have to lose them. All you can say is, listen, we wish you well with your journey. And we, we know that you need to go and look after your parents, for example, or we know that you're wanting to immigrate to wherever, um, but you can continue working for us. And we look, for, we look forward to having that experience. So, What's going to happen from this, look, some organizations, the wheels are going to come off completely and they're going to come back after this and they're going to say, what a fail, we can never do this, this stuff never works, obviously you're going to have that. But there's going to be a percentage of businesses that are suddenly going to realize, hey, but we can leverage technology to be way smarter and way more efficient than we were ever before.
0: You know what? Those are such great points and they're so obvious. You know, I I never actually (laughs) pointed them out in my own head but I do think that the worst business you could possibly be in right now is office space, <laughs> because you know, the very core of your foundation of why people come to you has been questioned so you're absolutely right. I think we should do one with what? We should do a wartime CEO series, Eric, with somebody who runs Office Space. Because I've got, got, really got to find out what Adam they're Newman are up to. Because that, <laughs> yeah, let's get Adam Newman, because I really want to find out what he's up to, uh, spending his billions somewhere. So Peter, I think that's really great. And, 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 as, and as just to keep this concise, could you get into the future stuff? Um, because we want to we wanna keep this inside the 30-minute mark. So tell us about the future stuff, because I think everything you've said right now is self-explanatory, basic, to the point, and really, really well thought out. So thank you for that. So let's move into the future.
1: Can I I quickly, before Peter jumps in, and maybe you'll answer this anyway in the next part, but do you think the future is flexible working or remote working? Uh,
2: Yes, I do. And I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. All right. So so that's a great question. Yes to both. (laughs) Used to both. (laughs) both. (laughs) Is it black
0: or white? Both. I mean, yeah.
2: So, so okay. So, you know, one of the things that 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 I do is is I I look for mega trends in the world, and then I the next question I ask myself is how is this going to impact the world of work? So, a few years, uh, well, last year, maybe yeah, last year I think this thing really surfaced, but we're in trouble. And if we do not get inside the Paris Accord as far as our emissions go, then the COVID situation will seem like child's play, um, because the scientists have told us, and the data and everything they've said is there. If 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 we don't get a handle on our emissions and temperatures rise, global temperatures rise to to three which is the current projection based on our current emissions, rise to 3.2 degrees Celsius, then we are going to face a global catastrophe of of like absolutely catastrophic proportions. And that's going to come from extreme weather um, events. It's going to come from from diseases that that are unlocked because of of the changing weather. And it's going to come from from, uh, food security uh, becoming a serious issue. So because of that, the, 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 the science and everything says that, that what we do need to do this decade is we need to drop our emissions by 7.5% every year for 10 years so that we can get to 2030 and, and be inside what we need to do in to get everything complete. What has to happen, every single business, it, it, and, and that's if you, if you have a, a, you know, a large business with, with hundreds of employees or you are a, a solo entrepreneur, whatever the case may be, here's what needs to happen. You need to take a pair of glasses and imagine that they are carbon glasses. In other words, whatever you look at tells you the, what carbon is being produced by, as a result of this activity, and you're going to have to find a way, and every single business is going to have to do this. And if they're not, governments will force them to. They're going to have to find a way to decouple income generation or revenue generation from the need to burn fossil fuels. Now, what's, what's happened immediately with this event that we've seen um, happening around us is we can, we can already see the emissions dropping. And the emissions are dropping because what's happened is people are no longer commuting to work and people are no longer flying all over the place. And as a result, the emissions are coming down. Now, what's going to happen, and, and I, I'm almost, I'll, I'll, I'll bet money on this, but what's going to happen is governments are going to say, when, when we through this, they're going to say, but we have another emergency which is 10 times the size of the coronavirus. And we have now seen how we can radically reduce emissions. And so I believe that that knowledge work and the idea of having to commute in a car that's burning petrol is going to become illegal, in my view. That's, that's what's going to happen as we approach um, the end of this decade. It's going to become more and more urgent to do that, as well as flying. You know, unfortunately, flying at the moment, th- th- there is just no... Technology available right now that can that can actually bring that, that the carbon emissions that get created by flights down so so I believe that that what 's going to happen in the future is um, governments are going to pick low hanging fruit to bring their emissions down, and this low hanging fruit right now is um, emissions created by commuting emissions created from from buildings that people are using to work in. And com- emissions created by by flights. So, the future, and and, and I, when I say the future, I'm talking about the next four or five years. We're going to see some pretty radical moves being made. Government going to rest- to promote people to be to-, 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 to be in flexible environments. Um, flexible working environment. So, you know, wh- and, and uh, just one final quick thing I just want to mention to you guys because we're almost done here now, is that um, we are, for the first time, many people are experiencing what societal collapse can look like. And in the South African context, we haven't even started our journey around the coronavirus thing. This, this is going to be, it, it, this is serious. Um, collapse is threatening and buying food. And and we realize suddenly that the systems that we live in are are fragile. They're extremely fragile and can can get toppled over at the drop of a hat. And so, you know, if we don't do something about the climate, what's going to happen is we will have incidents of societal collapse because of multiple food basket failures, and all those kind of things, which science has been telling us for years. And now, I believe we've got to a point where this this event has should actually say to every business leader, every leadership team, we need to ask a question. Is the trajectory we were on prior to this the right trajectory? Is it kind to the planet? Is it kind to people? Is it... Are we... Are we just taking from the world or are we giving back? That really is the issue. And, and, I, and I think this is just the start of this way of working, to be honest. Mm. And we'll get really good at this, I must tell you.
0: Yeah, Peter, I think um, we will get a lot better at it. We've been forced to become better at it, which I think is the silver lining in all of this. But I also think that what you're saying is very, very on mark where it's not only how we work has to change, but so much what we do to make money. Because that also has to drastically change. It's not about taking your business and digitizing it. That's almost now not even valid because what you were selling and how you were selling it is too costly. And so we have to reassess pretty much everything. I really love this. You really put this into such concise points. Thank you so much, Uh, Eric.
1: Yeah, thank you. Just to recap, uh, I mean, I think the four points are great for any business to almost use a bit of a checklist. So number one was, an audit on connectivity, number two was on visibility, number three was uh, video conferencing, the, the platform that you would use, and number four would be to document the process so that you know what the pain points are and how you are solving them as you're going. Is that correct, Peter? Perfect. Awesome. Spot on. Yeah. Listen, awesome. thank you so much for your time. Um, you. It has been really valuable. I've definitely taken something from this for myself, and I know that uh, the audience will as well. So thank you for your time again. Um, Peter, where, where can people it. find
0: you? No, we <laughs> didn't. But Peter, okay. like, can you tell us about, about your business and tell us where people <laughs> could find you?
2: The, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. So you just search for Peter DeToy and uh, you'll see me there. And obviously the website is futureworkiq.com. That's where we Perfect.
0: are. Perfect. Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you very much. Great Peter. stuff. Ciao.